Hello everyone, welcome to the Good Grief Podcast. I am your host, Sabina Udinadiuru Sanibona Yunjani. I hope you guys are well. Karibuni sana. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how grief affects the heart. And I'd like to do this using the concept of stillness. So again, karibuni sana. The concept of stillness is something that I'm sure in our everyday lives we have come across at some point or the other, especially when we're going through your everyday chaotic nature of life. So for example, maybe traffic, maybe the loss of a loved one for those of us on here, or maybe somebody's sick or maybe a breakup or something to do with, you know, some sort of wave around your heart. And so I'm sure at some point or the other, you have been advised, say for example, if you're spiritual or you're a religious person, in the Bible there's a verse that says, be still and know that I am God. There are also parables in the Bible that explain, you know, about water and stillness and the power of Jesus in calming the storm. If you're not spiritual, I'm sure at some point or the other, you have come across the idea of either meditation or quieting, quietening the mind. So these are the concepts that I would like to talk about today, especially in regard to the traumatic nature of grief. What I really would like to do, if you have been a constant visitor, and I hope that you have been, if you have not, you're very welcome to join us on this Good Grief community. And please bring along people so that we can be able to grow and move through grief in a healthy, efficient manner. So... The concept of stillness is one that, of course, has not been originated by me. It's just been talked about by various teachers and gurus and spiritualists and religious leaders and, you know, people who have really put in the time to understand the chaotic nature of the heart in relation to trauma. But who I would like to quote today is a book that I have been reading of late and I came across an excerpt and I think that it's really, really powerful and so I'd like to share it. The book is called The Power of Quiet in a World Full of Noise. Now, pronouncing the author is uh, a different situation. So I think the name is Thich, T-H-I-C-H. And then I don't know whether it's Nat, N-H-A-T, and then Han, H-A-N-H. I really do not know how to pronounce that. But what we're going to do is read the excerpt. So here goes. Silence is ultimately something that comes from the heart not from any set of conditions outside us. Living from a place of silence doesn't mean never talking, never engaging or doing things. It simply means that we are not disturbed inside. There isn't constant internal chatter. If we are truly silent, then no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we can enjoy the sweet spaciousness of silence. There are moments when we think we're being silent because all around us there's no sound. But unless we calm our mind, talking is still going on all the time inside our head. That's not true silence. The practice is learning how to find silence in the midst of all the activities we do. Try to change your way of thinking and your way of looking. Sitting down to eat your lunch may be an opportune time for you to offer yourself the sweetness of silence. Even though others may be speaking, you have the ability to disengage from habitual thinking and be very silent inside. You can be in a crowded space, yet still enjoy silence and even solitude. Realize that silence comes from your heart and not from the absence of talk. 
just as inner silence does not require outer silence, solitude does not necessarily have to mean there is no one physically around you. You realize the deep meaning of being alone when you are established firmly in the here and now, and you are aware of what is happening in the present moment. You use your mindfulness to become aware of every feeling, every perception you have. You're aware of what's happening around you, but you also stay fully present within yourself. You don't lose yourself to the surrounding conditions. That's real solitude. Some of us know this kind of strained silence in our own families. If parents fight, there is often a painful silence afterward and the whole family suffers. If everyone is angry or anxious, keeping silent can feed into increasing collective anxiety and anger. That tense, simmering kind of silence is very negative. We cannot bear that kind of silence for long. It kills us. But voluntary silence is altogether different. When we know how to sit together, breathe together, connect with the spaciousness that's always available inside of us and generate the energy of peace and relaxation and joy, that collective energy of silence is very healing, very nourishing. Suppose you sit outside and pay attention to the sunshine, the beautiful trees, the grass and the little flowers that are springing up everywhere. If you relax on the grass and breathe quietly, you can hear the sound of the birds, the music of the wind playing in the trees. Even if you are in a city, you can hear the songs of the birds and the wind. If you know how to quiet your churning thoughts, you don't have to turn to mindless consumption in a futile attempt to escape from uncomfortable feelings. You can just hear a sound and listen deeply and enjoy that sound. There is peace and joy in your listening, and your silence is an empowered silence. That kind of silence is dynamic and constructive. It is not the kind of silence that represses you. I have read, I think, almost a page and a half. So when I've been reading this book, this part of the books really stood out for me and for various reasons, which formed a huge part of the inspiration for today's podcast. So what exactly are we talking about when we talk about stillness? Staying undisturbed when we are dealing with trauma, especially for those of us who are in the midst of or the mark of the waters, when it is heavy, when there's so much doubt, when there's a lot of pain, both psychological and sometimes even physical and emotional, there is a lot of self-doubt that creeps in and the mind never stops dancing around what do I do, where will I go, and who am I going to run to. The reason I say this is because I have been doing recent reflections of my own journey in relation to how far I have come. Now, it is my sincere hope that at some point in your own journey, you will come to a point where you can be able to look back and look at it from a point of celebratory eyes rather than looking at it from a victim point of view. I mentioned these in earlier podcasts, so please, if we have, if you have not listened, please go back and hear the first, I think, three or four podcasts where I spoke about the effects of trauma on grief and how grief looks like and what it does to someone. So there's a lot of basic um, emotional negativity that someone can get stuck in. You can easily end up dwelling on the thoughts and this can cause somebody to stop moving. So back to my own journey, just to give a little bit of context. When I've been doing my own reflections, I realize that the most important thing 
in journeys in life right is to start from the root if your goal is for you to develop some sort of understanding and insight you have to go to the root it is through the root that you're going to understand everything and most importantly come out a better person if your goal is for you to stay healthy even if the nature of the journey is chaotic like grief is so i remember my initial reactions as best as i can and i'll try and give them as best as i can because remember also the mind is an interesting organ it tries to protect you from trauma and it does this by basically giving you selective amnesia so memories that are too painful will not necessarily come up immediately they may take years they may take decades but the point is you will constantly be protected only in accordance to how much your spirit can take how amazing is that i think that is so amazing which is something again to be celebrated <laughs> so my initial reactions for me my memory <laughs> took me to the place where i was always in shock i was in shock for a very long time and i'm talking about the immediate day right so there was a lot of crying and then i also remember a lot of in between deep sighs and loss of breath again these are just physical characteristics of the grief that i was facing and then i noticed that over time it's been a couple of uh, months now over time i went into some sort of darkness it's almost as if there was a stillness in my mind that i couldn't quite get past and this took almost a, a good 8 to 9 months to a year and i'd like to mention here for clarity purposes and also to just and you know <laughs> for us to embrace the fact that my grieving journey will not necessarily look like yours there is no linear explanation as to how grief will manifest in somebody's life but what is important is for you to remember that first of all you're not alone in your journey so i'm sure that at some point these physical symptoms that i experienced and the mental experiences that i have had can resonate with somebody else's journey and that is simply my hope now when i think about those times when it was so dark in my world and i tried to remember and i was asking myself how did i get here how did i come to this place where i can even sit and talk about my pain without it necessarily consuming me and even when i feel like i'm about to be consumed i can still take control of the situation and the answer came to me the answer is that those moments of silence kept me sane they really really did So what did my moments of silence look like my moments of stillness because remember today we are trying to understand how grief can affect your heart so bad but but we're using the concept of stillness so what did my moments of silence look like for me personally they took the form of sitting in a car feeling all the emotions that i was feeling and they were a range of emotions they ranged from anger disappointment deep loss sense of isolation sense of lack of direction and all those feelings would come at the same time and then i would cry a lot <laughs> or maybe it's because i'm a girl i don't know <laughs> but i would cry a lot and so I started to develop almost a routine around my feelings and I would sit in the car and sometimes I would drive for miles and miles and kilometers if you are in the East African region. I would drive for very long and then I would just stop and allow those feelings to sit with me but it was very very uncomfortable very very uncomfortable. What I did notice is that over a period of time I cannot give an exact period uh 
time frame but what i can say is the more i i got into the system of you know pause play repeat you know sometimes i would be feeling really really traumatized and then the next day i would wake up and feel slightly stable than the previous day and then the two days later i literally would be a wreck what i noticed is that my mind body and spirit were beginning to operate in the system that i had created so what am i talking about what i'm talking about is the more you practice something and the more you dwell in your feelings the more your mind body and system will act in accordance to your feelings and the more i did this i started to crave something better i started to crave some semblance of stability now again if you're a spiritual person the bible talks about be still and know that i am god so at that juncture that is where my shift started to happen the shift i'm talking about is when you do something repeatedly you will do it up until your body mind and soul will crave something different that is what is called the shift at that point you will begin to feel as if something is lifting off of your system slowly but surely so the more you have taught yourself how to cry and release cry and release pause play repeat you do this repeatedly i can almost guarantee you that at some point your mind will start to say how about today instead of crying for 2 hours let's cry only for 30 minutes it's literally the most amazing thing now why am i giving these examples of how moments of silence kept me sane i'm talking about this because the thing about grief is that grief is quite deceptive and it is quite tasking to deal with not only is it chaotic and traumatic but it also in my conviction introduces us to the moments in life that i would call the in between moments you know how before you lost your loved one think about how your life was probably going smoothly there was almost like an upward straight line as to how things were going and then the loss of a loved one for most people at least for me it represents a flat line in your life it's almost as if life chose you and put a stop and poured concrete in your life now in those moments a lot of doubt comes in there's a lot of confidence loss there's a lot of self internal conflict there is a lot of spiritual conflict there is too much emotional chaos and it is at this moment that most people tend to doubt themselves and that manifests in the form of negative behaviors for example you know reliance on drugs and abusing substances in order to seek some sort of semblance or anything that resembles stability again i've spoken about this in previous episodes so please if you are new on here or even if you are a continuant <laughs> please go back and have a listen and understand how the chaos in your heart can actually manifest into chaos in your actual life so these moments are the moments when your faith or whatever it is that you term as your rock has seemingly failed you when you lose a loved one it's normally easier to assume that things only get worse now the question now becomes what does the sun look like what does your sun look like now it is at this point that the concept of stillness can be applied now i'd like to reiterate that the reason why i'm talking about the concept of stillness is because i have found it to be a practical everyday tool that has helped me to stay stable in moments where i have experienced a return of the intensity of my 
pain right so learning how to navigate my everyday life using tools that are not just healthy but they're also efficient and i find that the concept of stillness has really really helped to stabilize me and most importantly it has actually brought me and made me a much stronger and much more actually a better individual and a loving person as well and it is my hope that through this concept your own life can be made better so stillness is basically about you it is about centering you it is about remember like we read in the excerpt as mr teach <laughs> i think that's how you pronounce it talks about he talks about you never lose you right so basically it is the idea of staying with you it is the idea that you are all you have got at the end of the day so therefore learning how to choose you no matter the circumstance no matter the circumstance you always go back to you and the minute we learn how to practicalize this idea we will notice that regardless of the fact that there is a part of our heart that is hurting we can still be able to enjoy life and live in a joyful space remember stillness is not the absence of noise it is actually the opposite the ability to function within the existence of noise oh i find this concept so beautiful so please let me just continue and the question remember we were asking is what does the sun look like the sun for me represents a moment of lightness it represents the moments where my heart feels at peace it represents the moments where i start to remember who i am but most importantly i am geared and intentional on inten- intentional sorry about being the best version of myself so then the answer becomes if i am looking for the sun and my sun is stillness for me how do i do stillness how does my life look like when i am practicing stillness right so again stillness is quieting my mind because remember your thoughts are always there so what do we do when our thoughts are going crazy when your mind is doubting you when your feelings are telling you that it's better for you to end your own life when your feelings are telling you that your life will never be better because your loved one has been taken away when your feelings are telling you that the quality of your life will never ever improve and this is the end of your life it is at this point that the ability to quiet your mind amidst the chaos will help you to sit and become the pilot of your life when you do this you practice something called observing you simply sit remember i told you my moments of silence were sitting in the car so i would literally sit in the car and i would let those feelings come up to the surface so sometimes it will be a deep cry or sometimes it will just be feeling as if you want you're feeling like you want to sweat but let those feelings come up and when they come up observe them like you go to a zoo and you observe crocodiles at the pit or snakes in the trees or the way you look at monkeys when they're eating bananas or something like that look at your feelings as visitors they're simply visitors and they are good visitors because they are telling you something about the state of your heart when you take on this persona it allows you to just let them be it's very simple just let them be if you're feeling overwhelmed just look at the feelings and say hmm i'm feeling overwhelmed i see that i'm feeling overwhelmed but i don't have to become overwhelmed the point here being you learn the art of observing your feelings without becoming your feelings 
right? So observe, let them be, and then most importantly, you release. Observe, let them be, release. Observe, let them be, release. Please try this. Try this for your own sake and see how your life will begin to become better and better and better. So the point here is, of course, don't trust your feelings in this moment. It is just basically believing that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And remember, this is just the point in time where you experience nothing but purity. This, for me, is what I define as God, purity, right? You meet the purest part of you and you decide to get intimate with that side of you. That is how you'll find your peace. So it is my ultimate hope that you are able to practice this in your everyday life. Every single day. You sit, you do nothing, and just be present. Just be present. Experience everything. What is happening to you right now? How do I feel? Am I overwhelmed? That's all right. Am I feeling sad? That's all right. Am I feeling happy? That's all right. And then you pause. You give yourself room to adjust. When you do this, you're able to absorb everything without hurting yourself. Right? So presentness is a gift you give yourself. And you're also giving it to your loved one. Because when you release your loved one, that in and of itself is an act of love. Remember, they're only a breath away. They're simply on a new journey without the physical body. That's all it is. They're just on a different journey. You can't see them, but they're there. You're not alone. So please, remember, you're not alone. And it's okay for you not to be okay. It really is. So please, take each day slowly. Pause. And when it gets difficult start again really start again be kind to yourself make little promises to yourself each and every single day you say today i'm going to choose me and it is not selfish it's okay for you to choose you after all you are all you've got so if you forget anything that i've said all i'd like for you to remember is your goal is for you to stay in this moment right here right now remember right here right now so thank you so much for joining me in today's episode i hope to meet you in the next episode and please don't forget to call in your friends your aunties your sisters your brothers your cousins their enemies and their other relatives please also follow me on instagram there's a page called good grief ke where you will be able to see audio visuals of me talking about these steps and i plan on increasing the number of videos as well So again, I'm your host, Sabina, and thank you so much for joining me in today's podcast, and hopefully we'll see you on the next. Ciao.